produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers Three. Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good. Now that it's finally warming up a little. <laughs> yeah, we've all yeah. dug out now. Yes, I have dug out from the from the water <laughs> or lack thereof. Well, the storm hit us. Uh, now we're it's Wednesday now. The storm hit us on Saturday, and they still have not plowed my road. Ooh. <laughs> my city basically dropped the ball drastically. They only put salt on the um, extremely major highways and hills, and that's it. Uh, yeah, uh, I I will say it definitely it got down to the upper 30s, low 40s here, which is unusual. Usual. Well, it's not uncommon, but it doesn't happen regularly here in Central Florida. But I still kept sweatshirt layers on top, and I was wearing shorts at work. So <laughs> that's not. I w- I'm in Ohio, and I wear shorts year round. <laughs> I, I don't ever I've words, almost but. I've almost worn sh- shorts year round, but uh, year round. <laughs> Why is that? And then complains about being cold. <laughs> Crash your old man. Yeah, if it's not shorts, it's kilt. Be one or the other. It's always kilt weather. <laughs> True. Uh, check out the homepage, wikiradio.net. Uh, check out our the right-hand side of the page, our affiliates, and our store. Uh, again, running through March 15th, buy something from the store. Show us a picture of you wearing it. Maybe a big prize involved. Just don't know. What it is yet. <laughs> That's right. I need to check with John to see if he's got one cover that I'm thinking of that was an actual cover or actual not one of his exclusives now if he throws in one of his exclusives that's a bonus right there but there's another cover I'm thinking of that I want to see if he has a extra of which if I got paying for it I'm paying for it because I think it'd be great for this um so yeah check out our store we'll be having I'm not going to have for celebration um but this will tie into one of our celebration stories we'll be having a man DeLorean themed jersey and it may be just playing off the the Django and Boba and the Mandalorian from the show that brown armor uh, maybe Sabine and maybe one of the Death Watch armors I don't know I don't want to do too many options yeah. the, the armor from the Mandalorian for sure Boba Fett's been done a lot
lot. Um, Django's been done quite a bit, themed-wise. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sabine? I'm not sure. Figure it out. You should do an Ahsoka, because Ahsoka, her um, tattoos and stuff would make a great design around uh, on the front yeah. to like frame a number. Mm. And then actually, all you got to do is the colors, and you don't, don't even have to say it's just a rookie radio, and you just wait. You know, real fans will understand it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm going to do the Mandalorian armor yeah. from the show, but I, I'm, I want to wait for the teaser um, to see what else we potentially get. It's a kind of one I want to design it more for the release of that. So, um, since I teased that, let's go ahead and jump right into the show and uh, let's do some celebration talk. Yes. And actually, since you started with Mandalorian there, well, let's jump into that first. The celebration, it's coming in like three months or uh, beginning of April. Yeah. Uh, April 11th. So, yeah. We got about two and a half, three months here until celebration. If you don't have tickets yet, I guess I did see today that there are very few, but there are some Monday only tickets at $75 each. Uh, that's all that hmm. is left as of today. Search the various celebration Facebook groups. There are yeah. people backing out left and right for whatever reason that have five day passes for sale. They're afraid to go to Chicago. Uh, a lot of them are saying because of what's happening in the country right now, they can't afford to go now. Yeah. Well, also, uh, it could have something to do with, uh, I heard that there's lots of rumors, and Mike, you can step out of this because you don't know anything anyway, but that way you can't, but I've heard a bunch of rumors that uh, Bob Iger may let a little slip, which I doubt was a slip, that it looks like uh, Disneyland opens Galaxy's Edge in June. Yeah. He had mentioned yep. in a call with someone, but even though it, it, it sounded like it was, he wasn't supposed to say it, but he said it anyway. Yeah. So a lot of people may be saying, you know what, wait a minute, celebration keeps coming, but the Galaxy's Edge only opens once, and that's another two months after this. Let's save the money, go out to Anaheim, and do Galaxy's Edge instead. Yeah, and, I think that's where a lot of people are backing out of. And if you're not going to do it, then then in August you got is it, is it July or August you got D23. Yeah, and you can't tell me there's not going to be some sort of D23 party at, at Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah, where's D23 well. at? The, is it out in Anaheim? It's always Anaheim. Oh yeah, that, that's why there was the speculation with Celebration before they announced Chicago. You know, everyone was so hyped and then kind of let down when Chicago was announced, unless you were folks from that area. Um, that, and, and I totally understand, because I, it's kind of the same way here, that um, the group who was running D23 was going to take over Celebration, and D23 was going to stay odd number years in Anaheim. Yeah. And Celebration was going to move to even number years and be here in Orlando. That and could make sense. Obviously, that didn't work out. I'm just waiting now that since... Um, Disney has, D, and it's pretty much, a, even though Disney doesn't run it, D23 is an official Disney convention. It is. It is the Disney convention. Other two huge franchises they have is Star Wars, which we have Celebration, right. and Marvel. I'm wondering, when are they, who's going to start up an actual Marvel-type event like this? And now, could There's Marvel big talk and rumors about it. Yeah. yeah. Would, we talked would, about it on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Would Marvel, by itself, hold a, or um, warrant a convention like this at this point? Me? Well, I know, I know they could, and DC could do the same thing, but would Disney see it as a fiscally type thing that let's get something going here? Uh, it would have to be Marvel to do it, and at this point in time, they, they've been at at least two celebrations, Celebration Anaheim and Celebration Orlando. Yeah, they have a presence because they do the comics. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the presence was small. Neither time did they ever have a booth. Uh, Marvel was brought in because of a comic book store for Celebration Orlando. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they'll have a booth at Chicago, which is kind of disappointing because I wish they would. 
I wish they had one here in Orlando because um, I was fully expecting that. Uh, and then it would have been easier for them to handle the meet and greets of their artists who were there um, and even do a little stage thing um, and show show off you know, the marquees that, or the marquettes and all that that they use to kind of help with you know, the sale of Marvel Star, you know, the Marvel Star Wars license. Well, especially when I'm seeing rumors that the um, Marvel's sales in general, but even the Star Wars sales are down a little bit right now. It's like, this is what you need to do. Put it in front of, do a um, panel similar to what you get out of a New York Comic Con or a San Diego Comic Con, but more New York does the more of the bigger um, comic-centric panels, like what DC does with that. Oh, they it. march everybody out on stage for like two hours, and Marvel does the same thing, does it there. Well, do it at Celebration. Uh, they, uh, they, did it. they did in Orlando. Comics one. They did in Orlando. I thought I had it recorded, and I didn't. We don't know. You, we may still get it, because they've not announced panels and stuff yet. We right. have a minute here we're going to talk about the guests, but we don't have anything about programming yet. Well, like I said, they had it at Orlando, because Eric and I were, were there. We were sitting front row at that one. Okay. Um, I thought I had my mic on to record it, and I forgot to... It, it didn't It didn't turn on, but I got, by mistake, I got the, the writer's panel, which was the books, in <laughs> which Marvel has some representation there as well. Um, yeah. But no, that's when we found out about... Uh, oh, crap. That's when the, they really showed the one... Oh, can't think of the book now. They, they had a copy of the one book and let people read it. And, they, and it was, was it going, one? it's not fair. Oh, it's the big one from 17. Was it one of the Thrawn books? No, it wasn't Thrawn because Thrawn was still being teased and people were, were screaming for an Ahsoka book, which I still want an Ahsoka series. And I'm surprised with the uh, Age of the Republic one shots. We didn't get an Ahsoka book there either. Well, there is more Age of the Republic coming. Right. There's, yeah, only, two, there's only two more. There's only two more. Okay. Uh, Jane Jango Fett's out now, and of course the the special, um, but the last two coming are Grievous and Padme. Well, we never know. With um, Episode 9 coming still, and with uh, the Mandalorian and some of this other content that's going to be in the Resistance era, we may get an older Ahsoka, and we, we right. need to tell that, because we know she's still alive at this point, as far as we know. Right. And that'd be interesting, of tales of an older Ahsoka, after she's been uh, whatever they call her, not a white Jedi, but a white Force user of some sort, whatever she's going to call herself, but it tales of her going through right. the galaxy with Sabine or after she's already done with Sabine. Right. Oh, man, I wish I could remember They're what this cool. was. So, but yeah, continue on, on with this. I'm going to research. Yeah. Well, back on Celebration. Now, this is coming, we know, in a couple months, as I was saying, but uh, Todd Spangler, which Star Wars fans may not recognize his name, or, uh, and I had no idea who this was. He's the digital editor for Variety, tweeted out earlier this week that um, Disney says it will demo Disney Plus at its Investor Day on April 11th, which is also during our celebration. Remember that, guys. That's the first day of including, celebration. Yes, including first look at some original, some of the original content for the SVOD service. That's the streaming video on demand. Just in case anybody wasn't sure. Uh, so this is the first day of celebration. And remember uh, the big trailers we've gotten on the grand opening ceremonies. Most of the, a lot of times they'll put their first whatever there's their big announcement. They, they want to get into later in the show to put in that first panel. Right. So, it, and it, I wouldn't put it past them that Disney's having their meeting here. Also, if you do, they time that the 
so at the same time as your opening ceremonies for celebration. Yeah, because they're, they're, they stream content for this for the Mandalorian on both the shareholders um, investors day and at celebration at the same time, so no one gets it for early. Right, but you gotta remember Chicago is two hours behind or two hours ahead of uh, Anaheim. Yeah, and that's where the shareholders thing is going to be. That's um, okay. You do it at, so you do it at like 10 a.m. at the shareholders meeting or day, and you do it at uh, two in the afternoon in Chicago. Right, but the opening ceremony is done first thing in the morning, like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, when they open, or, but it wouldn't show it, show it at celebration and then show it at the shareholders thing. I wouldn't They're both be, on the same. I wouldn't be surprised if they sync the videos up at the same time. Yeah, to be and they, they pipe they, in they, celebration into the investors meeting for the showing of the Mandalorian and any other Star Wars um, products or or just the Disney the the Disney Plus in general. I would not be surprised if if they sync the two up together. That would make a lot of sense because sometimes investors may not realize how much how big of an impact these shows would have, but seeing an arena full of Star Wars fans going bananas for just seeing a minute and a half worth of footage. Well, they, they won't Think see. They won't see, but they'll hear. They'll hear yeah. the crowd. Uh, oh, that and, does, and, you know, and trust me, Disney investors cameras. know. Disney investors yeah. know. But it's like there's plenty of cameras there. They spin the camera around and pan the crowd as they're going bananas. Yeah, but they're, they're not going to do that. They're, all they're going to do is just a direct, okay, here, here's here's the feed going through the internet from the computer that everything's being played on in Anaheim. Yeah. And we're going to have, we're we're streaming it to to here because they do that all the time here. Um, I forgot what the uh, they're like synergy events uh, that they do here, and we have to sync up between here and California all the time for those. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. This I think your idea there where they're streaming it for both because I would not be surprised if they didn't do the same thing for um, whatever they do for episode nine. <coughs> it has nothing to do with Disney Plus, but in Investors Day they're going to show all the stuff that Disney's doing that people want to put money into. Right. So episode nine footage is probably also going to be shown during that day. Uh, I'm I'm still saying it looks like as of right now that we're not we're going to get a teaser during the Super Bowl more than likely. Most of the good money is sitting there because Super Bowl is what two weeks away now. Actually, the last I heard it was going to be three teasers possibly. Yeah. Oh, during the Super Bowl, that'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah actually, do three three thirty second or three forty five second trailer or teasers that that um are designed to edit together into an actual two minute trailer teaser. You know. The yeah. three but, but um, D- Disney teaser wise, they could they could go bank on the commercials. Yeah, with, with everything. If, if they want to highlight, they could do another another teaser for Endgame. They could do another teaser for Dumbo. They could do another teaser for. Uh, they could do a teaser for um, uh, Episode Nine, which we get the name of the film. Uh, we could also get. Uh, I can't believe they're still sitting on that name. I can. Yeah, I can too. I can. It's like I remember even Force Awakens. We had the name before the first teaser dropped in um, November. Right. But Last Jedi they held but, on to. Look at yeah, to, to get Endgame out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't understand why they even did that one. Why they sat on that so long because that really doesn't because they remember they were originally saying that the name of the movie gives away too much that we don't want to tell anybody because it might spoil people who haven't seen the movie. Oh. The first I, one. I remember what the book was. This is Dr. Afford number one. Oh, okay. So, but it, yeah, um, it looks like 
like we're going to probably get Mandalorian footage. And as of right now, look, because of uh, this digital editor for Variety, the way he's saying it, it's pretty much all but confirmed at this point. We're going to at least see some of the footage from Mandalorian, which everybody knew anyway. Celebration, that's where you put all that stuff out. If you have a show that's going to be out in less than a year, you're showing it at Celebration. I would not be surprised if we got the first uh, the premiere because they've done that before, too, with like Clone Wars and stuff. And they'd, show, they'd play. Well, you got to see, what, two episodes of um, Rebels, the no, first two one, episodes of one episode. Come out till October. It was one October. episode. It was the one. Still, it, I did it about October, but they played it at celebration. Right. So I, I would not be surprised if we saw the footage on that, and then the exclusive for celebration was actually seeing the pilot episode for yeah. anybody who goes to the Mandalorian panel, because you know they're going to have. They have not announced any panels, but they're going to have a Mandalorian panel. They're going to have a um, season seven Clone Wars panel. These things are going to happen. <laughs> That's not a question. They're going to have something of behind the scenes or something about episode nine, even if it's uh, just during that opening ceremonies uh, talking to the stars right as soon as you see the trailer. So right. I think the first official full-length trailer will be Celebration. That's my prediction. Because the Super Bowl is two Seems months later. So you put the teaser out. Two months later, you put out the full-blown, this is the full trailer. Because then July or August, you start to actually roll out with the some of the TV trailers and stuff. Yeah. Well, definitely. I, it's kind of what happened with Last Jedi. We got the mm-hmm. teaser at the Super Bowl. And then at Celebration, we got the full-blown trailer yeah. at the panel. They're, def- they're definitely not going to do repeat the mistake they did with Solo. Solo, the marketing on it was so lax and so terrible that it didn't help anything. Well, they didn't even do anything at Celebration Orlando and Solo, mm-hmm. and, and, and they could have done some stuff for it at Celebration too, and they did nothing. Yeah, I, th- I think Disney put too much money or too much faith in the fact that, oh, it's Han Solo, people are going to see it. It doesn't matter if we tell them about it or not, and yeah. it just didn't happen. So, But that's not the only Celebration news we have. The next one uh, is, I'm going to get to the guests here in a minute, but I got some news from Uncle Steve. Now, the diehard Star Wars fans have been around for a while. Know the name Steve Sansweet and know the name Rancho Obi-Wan. But if anybody who's not sure, Rancho Obi-Wan is basically the mecca for Star Wars fans. It is the largest collection of Star Wars uh, memorabilia, toys, collectibles, ephemera, anything that ever said Star Wars. Steve has tried to get his hands on it. Well, this year, they're celebrating 20 years of Rancho Obi-Wan, and they're once again coming to celebration. Oh, yeah, this is the one that said the tickets were still available. But um, the press release here is to celebrate 20 years of fans gathering to celebrate the saga. StarWars.com is pleased to announce a special display coming to Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Rancho Obi-Wan, <clears throat> home of the Guinness World Record largest collection of Star Wars memorabilia, will have its biggest booth yet during the event this year's event, with a showcase that acts as a historical time capsule for celebrations through the years. We'll be, we'll be marking 20 years of celebration itself with a look at the past 12 events to show how the motto by the fans for the fans has stood the test of time, says Steve Sansweet, which, who is the Rancho chairman and former Lucasfilm head of fan relations. For humble, from humble beginnings in Denver, Colorado in 1999 to today, each celebration has included unique badge art and other offerings, says Sansweet. Or says Sansweet, I love the badges because there were there were different artists in different styles. He, and he adds, the badge, the badge sets have become a very collectible, but they also tell something about the style of art at the time. The display will also include a selection or a section dedicated to fan-made pins, patches, and other swag that's been traded and gifted over the years, an essential part of the camaraderie at each celebration. That's always been a highlight for me, according to Steve. <clears throat> Another part of the Rancho exhibit will look at fandom from a female perspective, while the third section pays homage to the saga's many iconic characters who exist behind behind a mask or helmet. The helmets of the saga dis- 
display includes some that look like they just came from battle, artist interpretations of Vader's unmistakable helmet, artistic recreations of Stormtrooper buckets, and even a screen-used prop, Darth Vader's mask and helmet from Return of the Jedi. So this sounds like this is gonna this is gonna be a display everybody's gonna want to see at Celebration. It's uh, it sounds like it's basically one of those Star Wars traveling exhibits all in one big place. And anybody who's ever heard of Rancho Obi Wan knows what it is. This is the stuff to um, this is the, the stuff you're gonna see at the ranch too. Uh, well, yeah, his facility. You're not gonna see it. Well, yeah, this is gonna see at Rancho Obi Wan. Yeah, uh, and that's thing. At some point, I am gonna get out. It's actually what north of San San Francisco. Uh, I think it's Petaluma, California. Yeah. So at some point, I'm taking a trip to San Francisco, which I could do. My niece is actually stationed at an Air Force Base outside of Sacramento, which is only an hour away. So at some point, I may go see my niece and and uh, take a trip over to Rancho Obi Wan and the Presidio and all the Star Wars stuff. So that's going to be awesome to see. But now we can finally get to the uh, ah wait as I close the wrong link. There we go. And now the last thing that we had about celebration is the official announcements from StarWars.com. We have actually a list of the um, some of the guests. That are, this is not a finished list yet. Some of the artists that are going to be there, which a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Carlisle, didn't make the list which, this year, but he's been at all the other ones. So, But um, we have the guests, the artists, and a new poster, which I want this poster. Um, iffy about the poster. I, I, just, I like the art style. I like the fact that it's got all the characters in it, and it's got the, um, the Jedi Order logo in the middle of it. Yeah, but since when was Padme dark side? She's not. She's in the middle. No, she's more dark side than she is the middle. I don't know. I, I see it as the middle because Yoda's um, got a little bit of the dark side on him, too. By the way, they did that. I think they put it, her in the center because you got to think, the Star Wars saga really focuses or is centered around Padme. People don't think about it, but Anakin, his whole th- his whole life was decided by his relationship with Padme. So Anakin and Darth Vader together, it's Padme is the focus of that character, and that's basically what has driven the entire saga, all nine films. Right. Was his relationship with Padme. So I think that's perfect, putting her in the center of the poster. So, but <clears throat> let's go up to, let's see who we got coming. The first one is, it says, yeah, the first time he's ever been to Star Wars Celebration, we get a true giant. Six foot 11, Jonas Suotomo, the actor who now plays Chewbacca, will be at Celebration. Who is four inches smaller. Than Peter Mayhew? Than Peter Mayhew, yeah. Yeah, I, you can't tell on screen. <laughs> well, I know. Which mm-hmm. that size, there's not much of a difference. <laughs> Another one that I'm all excited about, and I wish I was going to meet him, was um, Sam Witwer will be at Celebration. Anybody who doesn't know, Sam Witwer is um, Darth Maul in uh, um, the Clone Wars and Rebels and in Solo. He was also the, what was his name, uh, Starkiller in the Force Awakens games. Yep. And a bunch of other voices all over the place yep. for Star Wars. And a huge Star Wars fan before he became an actual actor in the series. And then there's a um, quick list here. Greg Grunberg is going to be there, who plays Snap Wexley in the Force Awakens. We get Dave Chapman, who's the puppeteer that did BB-8, Rio Durant, and Lady Proxima. We get Greg Proops, who was the voice um, of Jack Sivrak and Garma on the Star Wars Resistance. And he was also voiced Fode from the the Phantom Menace. The, that was the one of the announcers at the pod race. Yep. Fode or Fode or whatever his name was. Um, we get Paul Casey, who's played who played Admiral Raddus in Rogue One. And he also played Eloasti in The Force Awakens. Ian McElhiney, who played General Dodonna in Rogue One. And Ori Shoshin, who played Shakti in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. That's all the that's the first set of um, celebrities being announced. <clears throat> well, Ori, the, no. that's her, at 
least second convention because I know she was at either uh, I can't remember. I want to say she was at Celebration Six. <clears throat> yeah, it was either five or six. Yeah, since so she played Rock Shock T, I would not be surprised if she was at a bunch of these. That's uh, a pretty big. She, ha- she hasn't been at that many celebrations. Wow. Um, I want to say she might have been at C six, not C five. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, this is not the full list, obviously, because with Clone Wars coming this year, we're going to get all the usual suspects from that. You're going to get James Arnold Taylor. You're going to get Matt Lancer. You're going to get Ashley Eckstein. They are all going to be at celebration. No, nope. whether they have announced them yet or not. No. Uh, sorry, I thought you said James Earl Jones. No, 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 James Earl Taylor. He he's oh. he's been announced for this year. <laughs> oh, he has. Okay, this li- this list didn't have him, but yeah, he uh, you got the voice cast of Resistance, and he's been added to that list as well. Okay, was he announced with the voice cast of the Resistance? I believe so. That's interesting. So I'm wondering, does that mean we're going to get him later this season on Resistance? No, because it, it, we're going to get him with Disney Plus. With Clone yeah, Wars. but it doesn't mean he may not be. Playing a voice on Resistance, also. This is true. So, I mean, it, it is not beyond them to use the same person for multiple different voices in multiple different shows. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen multiple, uh, many, many times. But now we get from Artist Alley all of the artists. Now, this probably is most of the artists that are going to be there. We have um, anybody who's a fan of Star Wars art realizes that these these official Star Wars artists are amazing in the work they do. We have Malcolm Tween, Darren Tan, Jason Chrisman, Zoltan Simon, Joey Spio. Brian Miller, Matt ba- or Bush, Tra- or Chris Trevis, Karen Hallian, Adriana Vandersten, or Stilt, Danny Haas, Jason Palmer, Spencer Brinkerhoff, uh, Kayla Croft, Brandon Keeney, or Kenny, Russell Walks, uh, Diane Harrop, Kayla Woodside, Alex uh, Buchel, Chrissy Chung, Steve Anderson, D- Brian DeGuire, Chris D, Michael Pascal, Kat Staggs, Jerry Vanderstilt, and Brian Ruth are the official artists for Artist Alley. Yeah. So, Notice there's some big names who usually have been there that aren't. Yeah. Well, like I said, the one of one of them being the um, Jeff Carlisle. He's been at every celebration so far, and he wasn't chosen this year for it. I'm wondering if some of that is just the fact that Artist Alley is going to, because the um, McCormick Center is a much smaller arena or convention center, did they have to pare down Artist Alley a little bit? Well, here, here's the funny thing. So, po- McCormick Center overall square foot footage is bigger than Orlando, huh. but the space they're using is smaller than what Orlando gave them or what they got ah. from Orlando. So they don't get the whole. No, we didn't get the whole building here. Uh, I think this time we did utilize the whole building here in Orlando, but they, but not a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it was kind of wasted, but they, but when you dealt with the crowds, it's, uh, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, when you got opening day, you got lines three miles long to get in. Yeah. Someone dropped the ball on that one a little bit, I think. Yeah. So it's like, and you think, I mean, I know Disney didn't run it, but a place like Disney, they, everything I've heard is they try to do everything they can to get people through lines as fast as possible at their parks. You can't do that at a show? <laughs> well, as you said, it's not Disney. Yeah. It, it's it's repop. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's time to look somewhere else. Well, that's what everyone thought was that's what everyone thought was happening um, until so. It could also be this maybe Reed Pop's last chance type deal. It's like you know what could you be. dropped the ball. So let's see what happens here. 
could be. So, but that's all we have on celebration so far. Like I, like we said, what two weeks ago when we had celebration news, every week we do the show is going to be more news coming out about celebration. There's a reason this is the um, the big cel- the big Star Wars party. Yeah, uh, I, I'd be curious to see what happens after this year's show, um, only because I I know the issues that happen here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. The next one's a fun one that I'm seriously thinking about doing. I have never done a marathon or even a half marathon. The only time I run is if something's chasing me. But this sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> what? Said so not to me. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the idea of what you can do with this. But go ahead, Mike. Give us the details here. Um, Disney. Since they've kind of stopped doing the marathons out in California, uh, they are doing a virtual half marathon to coincide with the actual half marathon that's done here in Orlando. Um, and if you compete in both races, you can earn the Run Disney Kessel Run Challenge Medal. And it used to be, in order to get it, you had to run the one in California, which was considered light side, and then you ran the one here, which was considered dark side. Um, now, uh, not only only do you have the actual half marathon here, um, which is, God, marathon weekends is insane. Um, now with this, here's the gist. You can run... 13.1 miles, any way you want. It's all on the honor system. So you can run a mile today, three miles tomorrow, four miles three weeks later. You can walk it, walk some of it. You can run Central Park or on a treadmill. Um, the, the trick, the gimmick is you run 13.1 miles. Um, when you do, you submit, and then they Disney will send you your, your virtual half marathon medal. Um, now, they also do... Uh, well, this year's half half marathon medal looks like R- has R two D two on it. Mm-hmm. It's a nice it looks looking awesome. medal, um, but it, it's uh, along with this. I mean, you have the actual half marathon. Uh, is that not on here? What uh, events? The half marathon. There's the virtual. I don't want the. There we go. It's the rival run weekend this year. Uh, the Star Wars half marathon is um, April fourth through seventh, and it starts off with the five k the 10k and then the half marathon um there's also kids races there's a cheer squad package um if you want to register for that and basically uh friday will be the 5k saturday will be the 10k sunday will be the half marathon they don't run all three on the same day yeah um because it's insane if you do <laughs> Um, and, and they have an expo. If you run the actual thing, they have an expo where you go get official run Disney merchandise that's specifically themed for that marathon. Uh, I'm surprised kind of at the moment they haven't done an avatar half marathon. Um, some of the others is, uh, it starts off like this year, it started off with the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, uh, the 9th through the 13th of January. Uh, next coming up is the, the princess half marathon. Uh, then they do the Star Wars Rival Run weekend, uh, which is the Star Wars half. And then October 31st, November 3rd is the Disney Wine and Dine half marathon weekend. So uh, then they've got two virtuals, uh, the Star Wars virtual half marathon, uh, which goes from now uh, January 3rd through March 31st and the Run Disney virtual running shorts between June 1st and August 31st. And then Disneyland Paris has a Disneyland Paris run uh, in September. Cool. So yeah, uh, just 
keep track of it. Uh, it's one of those. Uh, the 10K is sold out for the Star Wars Rival run. Um, but the, you know, people, people run in costume. Uh, there have been some people who run in full storm, uh, Stormtrooper gear. Uh, and there's people who do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, like I said, it's a, un- it's a strange, unique thing to do. Yeah. That. I, I would love to do the half, the virtual half marathon. I could do it here. The problem for me is it's still going to be frozen solid before, between now and March 31st here. So I may, I may do something since it's on the honor system. And, um, I can I talk to my wife cause, uh, I know the virtual half marathon, it says here is $59. The cool thing though, is, um, all your entry fees and stuff for this, um, proceeds go to make a wish and make a wish yep. is something worthy of sending the cash to. So it's like, it's worth making the donation for that anyway. But, um, I may do it where I talk to my wife and we would both sign up for it and uh, sit those medals aside. We can't even open the package until this summer when we actually would do it. Cause there's some awesome Metro parks around here that have one and two mile trails that are no problem that we could do the, and we just work our way through the trails. till we hit 13.1 miles. Then we have our own medal ceremony. Yep. But you, it's one of those, you don't open that package until you finish up the war, the um, runs. Yeah. So I may talk to her about that. We got two months to figure this out, <laughs> but it's worth doing. Like I said, the virtual run you could do anywhere you could do, if you lived in Alaska, you could ru- do a virtual run through doing Alaska. You could sit on your couch kicking your legs for 13.1 miles. Yeah. Why not? You have to somehow travel 13.1 miles on a treadmill, on a however you want to do it. Yep. In the car? Way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it's Fred Flintstone's car. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I was going to... I was going to do it with skates, but it's a run, not a skate. I wish they'd bring back the, the, the inline marathon or half marathons they used to do. That would almost be cheating because I could probably even do that one. And like I said, I don't run unless something's chasing me usually. Well, one of the cool things about these is you run through the parks. So can mm-hmm. you imagine next year the Star Wars half marathon running through yeah. a galaxy's edge? I think it was either last year or two years ago. The, the One of the other podcasters I listened to is actually in um, lives in Georgia, and he actually came down for one of the run, run Disney 5Ks. And he said it was one of the most fun things he's ever done. He didn't, uh, he doesn't run at all. He's nowhere near in shape, but it's according to him. And he said he did, was not the last one. So he never got picked up by the um, ladies in the golf carts that follow you. Yeah. <laughs> he was proud of himself that he actually finished it and never got caught. Because <laughs> they do have a certain mm-hmm. people that are at the end of the line that if they catch up to you, you're done. Yeah, really? <laughs> so that you're not, that way you're not just walking the entire time and taking like four hours to do a 5K. <laughs> A five is only about two and a half miles. Most people should be able to um, do that in a certain, in a decent amount of time. Right. So it's something I really want. I think I would really want to try this. I'll let you guys know if we get it, if we do it and stuff. Cool. Keep I would even, down, yeah, I'd even download one of those race bibs and wear it while I'm in the parks. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of parks. Well, speaking of parks, there's been quite a bit of information that has come out about the Galaxy's Edge that is coming out. Um, keep in mind, some of this did come from anonymous sources, so you know, keep that in mind. But uh, we have a couple of interesting reports here on what will actually be in the both Galaxy Edge parks lands, I should say, in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Never heard of it. Which have a, well, you're gonna have (laughs) both uh, Galaxy's Edge for both parks have a combined budget of over $2 billion. Dr. Dr. Evil 
people would be proud. <laughs> that was my attempt at Dr. Evil there. Uh, anyway, um, so there's going to have all kinds of experiences that are designed to fully submerge you into the Star Wars universe. Uh, that includes restaurants, stores, two magnificent new attractions, and uh, from the sound of it, it's going to be incredible. Uh, of course, we've heard before that the lands are going to be 14 acres, um, which is the largest single addition to any Disney theme park ever. Yeah. Yes, Um, it is. All right. So cue the Star Wars theme music because here we go. Uh, We could do that. Uh, First of all. Let's not. (laughs) Yeah. Copyright. Yeah. Uh, We'll make like five seconds of it. Still copyright. We'll get busted. Are you done? Yes. (laughs) Sorry. First of all, when does Star Wars Land open? Star Wars Land. Oh, it's a galaxy's edge. Uh, It's going to be both of both lands are supposed to be opening in 2019. Um, And and word has come out from, I should say, has slipped out from Bob Iger, um, stating that the land in Disneyland will open as early as June. And Walt Disney World will be more towards the fall of 2019. Um, So because this is going to be such an interactive experience, there's likely going to be lots of play tests, uh, and it requires heavy programming. So uh, it's expected that we'll see a lot of previews and press events uh, starting May 4th with the annual May the 4th Be With You celebration. and as to where they're putting the Galaxy Edge lands, uh, in California, at Disneyland, it's going to be situated behind Big Thunder Mountain and the Rivers of America on land that was previously Big Thunder Ranch yeah. and backstage. Uh, as part of the construction process, the Disneyland Railroad and Rivers of America were closed for a few months to be rerouted so that they would not cut through the new Star Wars land. Uh, Galaxy's Edge will have three entrances to Disneyland, uh, one located next to Fantasyland, one next to Frontierland, and the third is found via a trail from Critter Count Country below the Hungry Bear Restaurant. Interesting. As far as uh, uh, Walt Disney World in uh, Orlando, Florida, uh, which is an area I believe uh, someone on this podcast is familiar with. Too far south for me. I'm a little familiar with it, but it's been a long time since I've been down there. Uh, I, I guess you're um, talking about me, who I, I go quite frequently, quite frequently, <laughs> so frequently, they, quite frequently, so frequently they pay me to go. <laughs> now that's a gig. <laughs> I want that. I've had that gig uh, for almost 21 years. Nice. Um, of course, um, in Walt Disney World. Galaxy's Edge is going to be in Hollywood Studios Park. Um, It is replacing most of the park's Streets of America attractions, including Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme, Extreme, excuse me, Extreme Stunt Show. So glad that show's gone. Didn't enjoy it. I was not a fan of that show. (laughs) Um, It's also replacing the Hollywood Studios Tour and Honey 
AI Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure. Yeah. Uh, the backlot facades and nearby restaurants and shops are also being replaced. Um, this will in Disney World. There will be only two entrances leading into Hollywood Studios Galaxy's Edge. Now, as far as the appearance goes, the Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, the group that designs all of the Disney theme parks has been working tirelessly to make the Galaxy's Edge the most impressive step forward in theme parks we have seen in years. It will be fully immersive into the canon and story of Star Wars. Uh, the, imagine- the Imagineering Star Wars Studio worked closely with Lucasfilm Story Group to situate the land into the stories told in the films perfectly. Uh, in fact, it takes place on a remote planet called Batu, uh, yep. which is in tumble themed to an outer frontier trading post in the outer rim territories just before wild space. Uh-huh. Um, although the planet is not specifically mentioned in the movies, it is said to have existed for thousands of years. Now, while the planet hasn't been mentioned in the movies, uh, Black Spire Outpost has. And I believe the planet itself has been mentioned in the books, right? Planet's been mentioned in the uh, books. Yeah, once or twice. Black Spire Outpost was mentioned in Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, so the land will consist of lush greenery and buildings made of stone and metal, and it is home to the best of the best, including smugglers like us, uh, yep. rogue traders, and and uh, there's a presence from the First Order as well. Yeah, because the theming for Galaxy's Edge takes place with the current films. That's why you're going to have a first. Everything's going to look more current. So First Order troopers, not the old stormtroopers. Right. And there'll also be some more familiar characters like BB-8 and Chewbacca and other fan favorites who will be interacting with guests. Um, The most impressive aspect, well, I don't know if this is the most impressive personally, but one of the impressive aspects of the Galaxy's Edge is that they made a pledge that you will be completely immersed inside the land. Yeah. That means you won't see you won't see Coca-Cola products sold anywhere, um, and you won't see any shirts being sold that say Star Wars on them. And when you step into the portals for Galaxy's Edge, you will literally be on Galaxy's Edge on the planet Batuu. Yeah, it's like as soon as you hit that divide in the concrete from the courtyard that you enter in to that first step in, you're no longer supposedly it is the the impression you're supposed to get is you're no longer at for instance Disney Hollywood Studios you are now on that planet right. or you are now in the film right now for the goody goodies uh the rides and attractions at Galaxy's Edge of course as we know um there's going to be two brand new high tech attractions that will fully fully immerse you in the Star Wars universe yeah the the we're most familiar with is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And, of course, there's also Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Now, on the Millennium Falcon ride, aspiring pilots can test their skills and maneuver Han Solo's beloved ship through a mission while shooting blasters and thrusting into hyperspace. Just like the other Disney interactive rides, such as Toy Story, Midway Mania, uh, guests will be rated on how well they pilot. You can earn extra galactic credits for a job well done or end up on a bounty hunter's list for banging up the ship. 
Uh, and the word is that your performance flying the ship will literally change the way that characters throughout Galaxy's Edge <laughs> interact with you. For example, if you crash the Falcon, you can bet that the smuggler on the street will call you out. <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly, your experiences throughout the land will play into this reputation, and your overall experiences will change based on on this Star Wars reputation. Interesting. Very. And I've got time to build that up since I live local. (laughs) You can be the man. Um, Now, the next uh, attraction is Rise of the Resistance, and I'll get into that one in a minute. But first, we'll talk about some of the shops and restaurants. Um, Galaxy's Edge will be home to theme park shopping and dining experiences like nothing you have ever seen before. It's going to be completely immersive, remember? Uh, so, so you won't see cast members dressed in one uniform throughout the Galaxy's Edge. Rather, they will all be unique to the shop or restaurant. The merchandise will also be highly unique to each shop throughout the land. Uh, for instance, there is one place in particular called Oga's Cantina which I believe we've mentioned before. Yep. Um, So the guests can dine at a cantina similar to Tatooine's most icely cantina from the original Star Wars movie called Oga's Cantina. Here, patrons can try Star Wars-inspired food and unique drink concoctions like the popular blue milk. Non-dairy. The cantina would be another immersive experience where guests can buy and barter for their food and drink (laughs) and feel like they are truly at a space trading post. And supposedly with a couple of the animatronics, you should you're you're supposed to be able to to actually haggle with them. (laughs) Interesting. And for you adults out there. Disney has announced that this location will also serve alcohol, which is a first for Disneyland. Interesting. Yeah, not not a first for Walt Disney World. <clears throat> Epcot. Mm. <clears throat> ah, yes. Um, of course, there will also be a high-end table service restaurant, um, but the details on that have been highly guarded. Uh, but it is said to be led by executive chef Andrew Sutton, who also leads the highly exclusive Club 33. Yeah. Uh, the Napa Rose and Carthay Circle Restaurant. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, another fantastic of the Galaxy's Edge is that all of the music that you hear while in Galaxy's Edge will be composed by John Williams, who has created a new and original Star Wars theme exclusively for the land. Yeah. That's pretty... Now, let's talk about the hotel. Uh, It was announced at D23 Expo in the summer of 2017 and that in addition to the Galaxy's Edge, Walt Disney World, in Walt Disney World, they are working on a brand new Star Wars-themed immersive hotel. It will be located right next door to the Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios and will even hook into the new land with experiences and the same ability 
ability to earn galactic credits through your adventures. Uh, Disney Parks and Resorts Chairman Bob Chapix shares that from the second you arrive, you will become a part of a Star Wars story. You'll immediately become a citizen of the galaxy and experience all that entails, including dressing up in the proper. Once you leave Earth, you will discover a starship alive with characters, stories, and adventures that unfold all around you. It is 100% immersive, and the story will touch every single minute of your day, and it will culminate in a unique journey for every person who visits. So you can, when you book the hotel, you can choose certain lengths of stay and enjoy a specific storyline for that entire time period that will fully immerse you in Star Wars universe. That is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing's going to be now incredible. Yes. Well, I'm not done yet. Wait, there's more. But wait, let's go back to the Rise of the Resistance ride. And here is um, some of the information that has been revealed about the details of the ride. And this sounds incredible. Let me tell you something. So here we go. Guests will board the resistance transporter and unbeknownst to them will be spun 180 degrees inside. The spinning will allow the room to both load and unload guests at the same time. Large screens combined with music and sound effects will will simulate that guests are taking off from Batu into space. While on their way through the galaxy, the ship will be captured by the First Order. This will force the ship to land inside of a First Order Star Destroyer hangar. This is where the main storyline of the attraction begins. Guests will exit the pre-show ship into a hangar. This will be one of the largest rooms of the entire building, complete with animatronic stormtroopers, TIE fighters, and a picturesque view of space. Guests will be told to move along as they are taken to individual load rooms themed to First Order prison cells. Guests will be taken from the huge hangar area on the left into the hallways. Here, they will be grouped into the smaller pre-show rooms. These secondary secondary pre-shows are expected to have a droid of some kind that will explain safety procedures and move the story along. How Rocket Raccoon does, and much like how Rocket Raccoon does in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disney California Adventure. Guests will then be loaded into one of two different trackless First Order transport vehicles. These two ride vehicles will accompany each other during the entire experience. Once guests are loaded in, eh, you might. Once guests loaded in, the vehicle is sent out of the room for processing. See, you will need to see his identification. Now, while there are four showrooms equal, equaling eight different ride vehicles, it is expected that there will never be more than two vehicles in the same room. The two vehicles that start together will never be separated for more, more than a few seconds. From this point, the two buddy transports will enter the blue-colored room. Unlike the preview videos that Disney provided, cast members will not be walking around this area. Instead, the buddy transports will enter, and shortly after, a rogue droid will drive across 
across the upper bridge. This droid will hack into the First Order mainframe, gaining control of your vehicles, which will suddenly take off as your escape mission begins. The two ride vehicles will exit the large first room in an extremely high detailed area, which is meant to look like hallways inside of a First Order Star Destroyer. The real excitement begins when the vehicle turns a corner to come face to face with an animatronic Kylo Ren. His saber will ignite as the vehicles back up and retreat. They'll spin around and go down the second turn, only to enter the AT-AT room. This is where the vehicles will become separated, each going up their own elevator shaft on either side of the room. These AT-AT walkers will be massive, nearly the exact same size as they would be in the actual Star Wars universe. Each AT-AT's head can move and fire upon the guests, only just missing them, of course. Once guests have gone up the elevator shaft, they will be on the second floor of the building. In reality, guests will be more than 40 feet up, which is important later. They will twist and turn in their own vehicle and head down a short hallway before the two buddy vehicles meet up again. Both vehicles will see each other and turn as they quietly go under an elevated area. This elevated area will have a, a will have two animatronics, Kylo Ren and possibly General Hux. They are expected to be talking about the sudden resistance fighters that are attacking the ship. They have come to save the guests. And that's all they have on that one. Yeah, that's going to be a great ride. 28 minutes. The ride itself is supposed to be four minutes, but from the time you enter the building to the time you exit, it's supposed to be a 28-minute experience. That Crazy. sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, that's 28 minutes as long as the the um, lines are moving. Well, no. Again, yeah. <laughs> once you enter the show building, mm-hmm. the time you exit, it's a 28-minute experience. So your queue line, so the show or the ride starts as you enter the building. Yeah. Right. So any queue line that may be in the building is part of the show, part of the attraction. It is part of the actual ride experience. So it's going to pick up a little bit more. It's getting to that point. That's going to be the hour, four hour, six hour wait. <laughs> yeah. So um, now here's another cool thing. It was announced Monday. Uh, and it was announced by StarWars.com that a new Marvel comic series based on a Galaxy's Edge or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be arriving sometime in April. Being written by Ethan Sachs, the five-issue mini will expand your knowledge of the events that take place on the planet of Batu and introduce you to a new character named Doke in or Ondar. He's a Ithorian collector who runs one of the shops located at Black Spire Outpost. Um, the look of this Ithorian is great. I love his little droid that he has with him. Um, now, um, if the name Doc Ondar sounds familiar, it's because it was the exact name mentioned in a Galaxy's Edge update earlier this posted earlier this month over on Jedi News. Uh, the new comic series from Marvel marks the second time content from Galaxy's Edge was referenced in official Star Wars print material as Timothy Zahn in Thrawn Alliances also made mention of Batu in its pages. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to check out the intro to the latest comic reveal 
Um, check out the interview over on StarWars.com with Ethan Sachs. Uh, so then on top of that, StarWars.com also gave us a first look at the, at Marvel's new Star Wars TIE Fighter series and Alphabet Squadron novel covers. Uh, last time something like this happened was, um, with Dark Horse with Knight Errant where John, John Joshua Jackson did, uh, the novel and the comic at the same time. Well, this is uh, in April. You're going to see three new pilots in Star Wars TIE Fighter, uh, a new miniseries set in the time of Alexander Freed's forthcoming novel, Alphabet Squadron. Um, And we're happy to announce that this will be a trilogy with Alphabet Squadron. Uh, The exciting new crossover series from Del Rey and Marvel Comics set after the return of the set after Return of the Jedi will follow the brutal fallout during the fall of the Empire from both sides of the battle. So, uh, and again, on StarWars.com, you see the covers for issue one of TIE Fighter. Kind of recognize that. Oh, I can't get a zoom in. Kind of recognize the signature, but I don't. Uh, and then you also have uh, the cover for Alphabet Squadron. And then finally, I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but Karen Gillian is stepping down from Star Wars uh, with issue 67 being his final. Um, yeah, we, did we talk about this last week? I know yeah, we talked we about did. it on Weeby Geeks. I don't remember if we talked about it. Oh, no. Yeah, here. you're right. We, did, we didn't talk about it here because we had Eric on last week. That's right. No, yeah. We talked uh, about it. Which, yeah. go back and take a listen to that episode if you haven't heard. The episode with Eric Walker, the original Mace. Um, he goes, at this time, there's no present plans to write anything else in Star Wars. Uh, I suspect I've said all I wanted to about these characters in comics, at least in this period anyway. So figure he's done 55 issues total. No, more than that. Uh, 55, uh, 25, 20, 30, almost 30 here, 45, almost 65 issues total on his own between three different titles. Yeah. Um, so uh, he wrote all of the original Darth Vader title, um, which gave us Dr. Afra, and then wrote the first 20 issues of her series. And then we go to, um, he took over for Jason Aaron back in November of 2017 and is putting his final installment uh, in issue 67, which they this article says to be released in March. It'll be either April or May because March is getting two, two issues. Issues making it 62 63. So 67 is not coming out March. Mm. So, um, no, nothing's been announced on who's taking over uh, the title after he goes. So, um, which reminds me, I just got the new solicits for, for Marvel, but they say I can't, we can't post them on the site. Uh, they're the April solicits, but I can't post them on the site until April 22nd. I'm trying to get clarification of is that really the right date? <laughs> Yeah, I think they put the wrong month on that. I think they did, too. Because uh, yeah. that's going to be a little difficult. <laughs> month will be almost over by the time I'm allowed to release the solicits. So, um, so yeah, that's where we got there. Uh, unfortunately, because of time, I got a call for final thoughts. They got to be kind of quick final thoughts. Yeah. 
Well, the first one I got real quick is um, it looks like as of right now, we will finally have the finish of the Disney 21st Century Fox deal. Probably, it says, um, early, it'll definitely be done by early March, if not early February, which is followed by Disney selling off the parts that they're supposed that they have to sell off the, because of the way the deal was written. Right. But it looks like Disney will, in um, Marvel and Star Wars, will get the will get most of the family back together as of March. Excellent. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Well, it appears that uh, the Oscars have been kind to uh, Solo, even when the fans weren't. Uh, because Solo's actually up for uh, an Oscar for visual effects. For that the, looks like, well, that's hmm? cool. Go ahead. Yeah. So, of course, congratulations to the team at Industrial Light and Magic for the nominations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, that's an interesting field this year because if you look at the other <laughs> movies that are on this, Christopher Robin is supposed to. Um, I heard a lot of people, I've not seen it yet, but I've heard that it was amazing yeah. what they did with that movie. But mm-hmm. then you got also Avengers Infinity War and Ready Player One in there with the Solo. Yeah. So, there's some uh, huge effects movies in with this. And then first Ro- rounds it out. Christopher Robin's the only one in in this I haven't seen. Yeah, I've seen everything else. I'm not seeing First Man, but I want to. It's great. Never neither. It's great. I got Buck says that one wins. What First Man? Yep. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm just going to wrap it up with this. Uh, Godspeed, Virginia. May the force be with you. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Get in there, you big furry oaf! I don't care what you smell! <laughs>